Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners and podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe that it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we are hanging out with Nate Friedman, who is the owner of techpromarketing.com. He helps IT service providers win new customers with strategic inbound marketing. He's been published in his niche uh, seven times in five different industry publications over the last six months. And primarily, he focuses on leadership and strategy. He's been able to generate an average of three high-quality leads in his niche every single week since he dedicated his business to this uh, in November of 2017. Uh, So welcome to the program, Nate. Great to have you here. Thanks, Brent. Super excited to be a guest on your podcast. Yeah, in in full disclosure, uh, Nate is a current student in our U Academy Pro program. Uh, and, uh, you joined that last, uh, last fall, I guess, you know, uh, October, November was, was when we did our last onboarding for that program and you jumped into the inaugural class. That's right. That was like a, um, I would say a major t- turning point for my business, for my life. Um, so I knew that kind of one thing for me is when I found out about the opportunity that I would, you know, be working actually with you directly. Um, it was kind of a, a no-brainer, and I'll get into a little bit more later on in our conversation. But um, since then, since October, and I went into U Academy Pro, a lot of other things have changed, and it's kind of been a little bit of a, a really nice whirlwind for me. So give us a, a quick, um, kind of paint us a quick picture of, of your business. So you're currently operating your business as Tech Pro Marketing. Um, that's kind of your very niche-focused brand that you've created uh, working together. Um, paint a little picture about your business prior to that. Like, who, what, what were you at that point? What were some of the things that were going on, some of the things that you were experiencing? So I ran, and I still run, but I... I 
had all my focus on my only agency at the time, Sherpa 53. Um, and it's a B2B marketing agency. Um, you know, at Sherpa 53, our, our niche is B2B businesses, which constitutes like 90% of all businesses anyway. So it was, um, you know, not very focused. Um, what happened in that case was like a lot of the projects that we were getting required um, different um, you know, different needs. Every business was so different that there was um, always the new creative challenges. And what that meant was that in the end of the day, with me, you know, being the lead and, and, and me running a, a, we're a, we're not a large shop, we're just a single team we're, that run, that work on all the projects, a lot of uh, brain power to be used on that and almost like wearing myself out, um, coming up with good solutions, but having to really be working 100% on every project um, that it was really hurting other areas of the business. I, I can imagine, like you said, right? I mean, B2B companies is is a very big market. Uh, give me, pay, tell me a little bit about like what two maybe very different examples of clients that you would be working with in the B2B space. Just kind of paint a picture for our listeners of maybe how different some of these clients were and, 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 and then I've got some follow-up questions on that. So for example, um, one, one client that we work with is a, a payment processing company. They have, um, you know, half a million customers across the country. Um, they're, you know, if you do like an SEO analysis on their page, they're, you know, are like, hundreds of thousands of backlinks coming in, um, tons of content and so many, um, you know, obviously so many things going on with their website. So when you're dealing with a project like that, I mean, there's just a completely different approach than, you know, a client who is um, like a, for example, um, one client does uh, corporate training in the financial industry you know, and um, the strategies and tactics that you use there where you're just trying to book him for, you know, speaking events um, at financial planning companies. Um, it's just a, it's a totally different job. And the reason I ask that is a lot of people are struggling, not just in generating leads for their business, but once you actually have that lead, what are the systems and processes that your business is prepared or have created for you to follow, but more importantly, maybe other people to follow uh, in your company to create create some leverage? I mean, a payment processing company with half a million dollar half a million customers and a corporate training company who's trying to get booked on stages. Um, I mean, their needs are very different. Trying to leverage or create some kind of super process to do digital marketing for both of those companies. Uh, in, in, I guess I believe that maybe that's a little bit naive to think that you can create like one Asana project that says, okay, here's how we're going to deal with company A and company B while they might follow some basic fundamentals of, you know, discovery, development, launch, et cetera. Like the details are probably going to be wildly different. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And like, why would you want to? Do you know what I mean? It's like, you're just going to be like trying to fit, you know, retrofit your entire process every time. Um, and yeah, it would never work. Maybe, I don't know. I, I could never get it to work. That's for sure. <laughs> what, what, what were some of the things that you were doing to try to uh, attract a business? I mean, it sounds like you were kind of pulling in business 
from all across this very broad industry. Um, what were some of the things that you were doing to try to grow your agency? Well, one of the things was that, you know, I'm not alone in um, a business that markets to B2B businesses. There are other businesses out there. I think most of them are, are much, much, much bigger, but there were some software partnerships that we could do. Um, so working inside the Salesforce community, um, working with Salesforce and Pardot Marketing Automation, that was one way for us to make some progress. Um, but, you know, relying on just like kind of a single software ecosystem, it just didn't put us in a, a position where that would um, get us into a position where we're really leading the sales process and putting people into our program. So it didn't fit with the vision, the way that we were generating leads in that space didn't fit with the vision of how I wanted the lead generation and the customer onboarding process to work. And, and maybe give me some, some, uh, tell me a little bit more about that. What, what were you ultimately wanting for your business? For me, what I want from a, like a customer client relationship is really that the, as from the client's first interaction with me, um, they're looking at me, they're looking at my business as a solution. Um, that they're able to go in and just say, okay, I, I trust this person and I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to listen to everything they say blindly, but if everything lines up, I'm going to go forward and kind of move forward and let this, let this person help me get the results um, as opposed to something like, okay, you know, we're, we're organizing this big campaign and, and we need the Salesforce consultant to come in and do this job. And then we need this consultant to come in and do this job and being just like kind of a, a minor cog in the wheel and kind of getting your job done just didn't give me the, I knew it wasn't going to give me in the end, um, the type of satisfaction that I'm looking for out of my career, which is really to, you know, actually be a leader, um, and be in kind of a, a leadership position. So we started talking last fall and one of our, uh, you know, our, our value proposition or the big idea we had with you Academy Pro was we were going to help you uh, dominate a market, right? That, that it was, um, and, and that word dominate is sometimes uh, taken the wrong way. But the idea would be that, you know, exactly what you just said, that we help somebody to achieve a position of some authority in their market to where it's not just... Uh, you know, random leads coming in or word of mouth leads that people are coming to you because you're an authority that you have a position within that market, and that you have the the amount of leads or the type of uh, pipeline that you want to grow the business that you want. Right? It doesn't mean that you're going to be the number one business in that market, but like for you, it's it's how do we get you to that point where you feel like you've got more control over your business versus the other way around, which is maybe your business is controlling you, which I know is, is the case uh, for a lot of people. So you and I start talking and, you know, full disclosure, we, you know, to dominate a market, we got to get maybe a little bit specific about that uh, to try to dominate the B2B market might be a, a bold task. And so we helped you get a little bit more clear. And so you were Sherpa 53. Uh, at what point in time did you say, you know what, I'm going to get more specific. I'm going to laser in on um, the managed service provider market. Talk to me about that process. Um, I think I, I got an email from you that said, we have a call scheduled in two weeks and you have to decide on your niche before then. Um, so that was probably the, the trigger that, that made me do it. 
<laughs> so we just we backed you into a corner and said you must choose, right? Yeah, and you know, it's like I know that I'm. I mean, I've learned that I'm the type of person that you know needs to have some accountability. So just having that accountability made me do it. And it's funny because I had tried other niches before. Um, but some reason I had gotten them wrong, um, and they just weren't the right niche for me. Um, but I think one thing I got a little bit of feedback from you when I ran this by you and it met a couple of the conditions that we thought would make a good niche for me. Um, but also it was something that I kind of, um, I don't know why I had been ignoring the fact that my first job in high school was, um, at a computer repair shop and that I had taking computer programming in high school that I had been, you know, using the internet with, on um, using BBSs um, and, you know, dialing into, um, you know, dialing into like really, really early internet stuff back in like 1994 and like 1995, I was just a kid, but it's definitely something that I found that it's like, oh, all of these guys, all of these IT business owners, they're actually into it too. Um, they really have similar backgrounds to me. So, when I identified that, it just made the whole thing a really nice um, fit from the get-go. And one of the things, and, and I love that. So, I mean, some of the things that you looked at for your market were, you know, your past experience and, and maybe some of your passion. And um, I think one of the things maybe we talked about, I, I can't, uh, I can't remember for certain, but this whole idea of of market infrastructure. So does does the market that you're looking at have existing conferences or publications? Are there potential strategic partnerships? Are there people that you could, um, you know, are there a lot of people's hard work that you could leverage versus trying to go after a market that essentially doesn't exist or that you're inventing, right? Which I think you're, the market that you zeroed in on within B2B um, certainly had conferences, influencers, publication. Like there was a lot of stuff out there, which we found pretty quickly. Yeah, that stuff has also been a, a huge help and probably one of the reasons why I didn't do so well in my last couple, um, my last couple attempts at niching down. Um, I worked a little bit in the vending industry, but really there was just like one publication available. Um, you know, I was and- looking at, you're, I don't know why I was, I think we're, we're, we're doing some work on the program and I was going through a bunch of people's onboarding surveys. And I want to say that that was on your onboarding survey was that your niche was vending, which I didn't even, you know, I'm sure I read it at some time, but I was like, what? Like Nate was working on the vending market, you know, which, which whatever, I don't know anything about that market. I don't know if it's valid or not, but it sounds like what you just said is spot on. Like there was one publication, not a whole lot of raw material to work with. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I'm glad I, I made that switch between those two, between onboarding and that first call. So you're, um, one of our, our ideas is, especially when you're in the attract phase of a market of, of getting some traction and getting leads, uh, is, is, uh, you know, focusing on getting traction, which means, you know, identifying some early adopter customers, some champions, things like that, um, and, and have conversations with people, get to know them, get to know the language they use, really dig into that. So, um, what were some of those early things that you did, um, that really helped you to kind of submerge yourself into the market that you chose? Okay. So, um, 
the early things that I did, um, definitely I, I found a Facebook group. Uh, well, I guess the first thing I did, and th this was kind of weird and, and really helped, was I just started searching around my market. And when you search around your market enough, you're going to get Facebook ads um, showing up on your Facebook feed. And what I did is I saw someone who had a program really similar to yours, Brent, but for MSPs. And he seemed like a really cool guy also. And I just saw it and I was like, you know, this guy seems pretty cool. Let me just like reach out to him and see if he has any feedback for me. So I just reached out to him and said, hey, I saw your Facebook ad and, um, you know, I'm really interested in working with more MSPs. Would you, um, could you spare a few minutes for me? And he was actually willing to do it. And this guy ended up being my first champion um, in the niche. And I ended up doing like a webinar with him um, and have now like a special promotion up inside his mastermind for his mastermind members. So um, that was probably the first thing I did. And the thing that really kind of got me kickstarted, at least gave me a little bit of credibility and a little bit of start in the space. I, uh, I, you and I have talked a lot. I had no idea that you did that. And so, I mean, that's awesome. Like I just, I mean, just that the mindset of really getting into the niche and almost thank, you know, thank you, Facebook, uh, for retargeting <laughs> me and seeing that I'm interested in this type of content because, uh, that mindset right there, which is very growth, very abundant related, which is once you're in your niche, is I, I just I find that there there's kind of two ways you could have reacted to that ad. One is what you did, which was click on the ad, actually look at that person who maybe at first could have felt like a competitor, or like oh man, this person's already established, they're offering products to MSPs. You know, gosh, I, they're where I want to be, right? Like you could have had that mindset, which was more of a scarce and fear-based mindset. Here's this company that is advertising to MSPs, which is who you're trying to target. You could have literally seen that ad and it could have upset you. And instead, you saw that ad and said, you know what, this is a potential partner. I'm going to contact them. And now you have some soft traffic coming into your company through their private mastermind group. I mean, that's that's brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, that... that um. That worked out really well. You know, I think it's honestly like probably a little like hack here if, if people are doing this is people who run masterminds um, are really cool, really chill people. So they might be decent people to reach out to if you're um, looking into a niche because I've definitely know that people have contacted you uh, before and you've introduced uh, different people into our group who have been really great fits and been really cool people. Um, so I think that might be a, a pretty cool early adopter hack. I mean, there's probably a maybe a few dozen people that could say either YouGurus has given them a lot of access to potential customers or have I mean, I know I know specifically there are a couple of people that would literally say, like, by being involved in our mastermind, it has built their business, right? Now and I'm not talking about our, our students, right? I'm talking about those consultants. So you're spot on. I mean, one of our, our webinars, um, we talk about find your pond to fish from. And I and I literally paint the picture of um, you know, the web design company going after, you know, the, the quote unquote small business market with, you know, attending the massive chamber events or the things where you're just like this tiny speck and comparing that to exactly what you just said, which would be, you know, maybe Nate coming to this gentleman's mastermind and giving a talk to 15 or 20 
um, high performing MSPs that are hanging out at the, you know, the Grand Hyatt Marriott for two days of networking and learning, right? Like not like a big conference, but like a small mastermind group, like, like those people you're going to form, you know, really strong ties with because you're going to sit down with them over dinner. You're going to share your knowledge. You're going to, you know, help them as much as you can. And and probably a certain percentage of those people, whether it's in a private group or at an event are going to look at you now as the authority and they're going to call you when they need help. Right. That's exactly right. Um, so I think like that's a perfect analogy. And do you know what actually happens is they are in the mastermind group and they're also happen to use the uh, a remote monitoring software um, and subscribe to the remote monitoring software's blogs, get their notifications. And when they see me in the email notifications <laughs> for their software, and then they've seen me in the in the mastermind it almost becomes overwhelming for them and they like have to respond to the email and and you just just to like you know catch me up here so you mentioned the remote monitoring so this is another strategic partner in this niche that you did something with and that there there's probably overlap here is is that what you're saying that's exactly that's exactly it so what i found is in my market in my niche in my niche a lot of the uh, business owners, they use specific software. And the software market, I would say, is probably very competitive. And they're all, almost all of the software providers that are competing over for these uh, that are competing for these business owners are almost all using content marketing. And um, it makes it a very, very um, it makes it very, very um, efficient for me to then go and put some of my content on their blogs. Mm, interesting. Now, you know, our first stage of this growth, uh, in, in, of getting more customers and more leads, uh, in, in our attract phase is, um, is this whole idea of traction. And you mentioned one of our key terms in U Academy, which is a, a champion, um, somebody that's essentially going to kind of give you the inside scoop on the market. And I think you touched on a lot of what we help you with, which is, um, you know, what what are the types of things that people are interested in? Tell me more about MSPs. Who are the different software providers? I mean, th- this idea exists in every single, you know, mid to major market out there in the world. Um, the next thing that we help you do that we, we've worked with you on is uh, becoming an authority in your market. And I know that's something that people kind of get freaked out about because they think, uh, well, I, you know, how can I become an authority in a market I haven't worked for 10 years in? Uh, and, um, and, and so talk to me a little bit about that because I think you took action on some of our material and um, I think did some things exactly how I would want somebody to do them. So what were some of those things that you did uh, over the course of the last few months? Okay, so um, what I did it was, first of all, so I found this first champion um, that just led naturally naturally to some opportunities to get in front of the market. After that, I specifically, deliberately tried to find more opportunities for guest blog posting, making connections um, with some of the some of the. Um, publishers who already have existing audiences that I could leverage. Um, and what this led me to doing was reaching out, connecting with 
a number of the top publishers. Um, so it's it is a lot of these software providers, but also you know I think every industry is going to have these like organizations that just have like a magazine, a blog, and a um, like an event every year or every few months, um, and also just connecting with some of those and getting my message in front of that audience. And um, you know one thing is kind of you know getting getting published, making connection. And I think that that is kind of one element to it. But I think the other thing is, like you said, there's, you have to have some content and people might be worried about, well, what am I going to write into, what am I going to share? What type of advice am I, am I going to share? And um, what I found is that, um, you know, the types of things that I'm focusing on in my articles are not about like hiring the right um, IT engineer to go in and do a network um, repair for you. You know, I'm not discussing these parts of an IT business. I'm really talking about the parts of the IT business where actually I probably understand more than, you know, anybody out there for people who are focusing on IT. Actually, a lot of the people who come from IT who are, you know, doing marketing and IT, they did own a business for 10 years. They did own an MSP. And that means that they really only understand what has worked in the past for MSPs. And they don't have the broad view of, you know, general sales and marketing and general B2B sales and marketing that I do. Because in the end of the day, actually, their customers, the B2B customers, I have tons of experience selling to B2B customers. Um, so what I'm doing in my blog post is really focusing on the highest level issues, you know, the highest level sales and marketing issues that everybody who is doing B2B sales, really everyone who is doing sales needs to take into account, you know, selling on value instead of selling yourself as a service. You know, it's like, I think you can go into entrepreneur.com, Forbes.com, all of their business sections are going to be talking about some of these similar topics. And I think these are the types of topics that resonate um, well in, in most industries and just kind of most places. And what I do is I just apply those exactly to um, what the MSPs and the technology businesses are facing. So without really having to be a, a, a an expert on your niche necessarily, you could present yourself as an authority on your your you know your strengths that you had before you niche, which is, you know, digital marketing and sales, something that you've been working with many B2B clients on and was highly applicable to your market. And it wasn't like, oh, I need to, you know, as long as you spoke their language and framed it around maybe some of the things that you learned from their, your champion, that you you were pro- probably more equipped than you would have originally thought to talk to these folks about some of the top problems that you know they're experiencing. But uh, maybe you haven't had, you know, a huge amount of them as your customer yet, but you definitely know you can help them, which I think is is, is important. Yeah. And I think like, you know, along those lines, it's like, there, you know, one of my views about content and about, you know, content marketing is that there is a lot of bad content out there that's just kind of like regurgitating like three steps into seven steps and six ideas for doing something. And um, if you just write a real story and, you know, you have just a real point, it doesn't have to be, you know, six individual steps to accomplish something, but, you know, explaining a concept of, you know, um, value versus services, selling, um, you know, according to the buying process, you know, um, educating before um, showing direct advertisements, things like that, and just these big, big concepts. Um, What I found, and 
I don't know if this is like right across the board, is those are the articles that also really get people to um, click through, check your stuff out, and then contact you, because that's another big part of it is you don't want to just get published and have nobody feel like they, you know, it's like, oh, this guy really knows the technical details of SEO. That's not really going to drive him. But if it's like, oh, this guy knows how to get my customers to view me as someone who's uh, providing value as opposed to someone who's providing a service, that's something I actually really want. And, and, and I'm glad you bring that up because even if you're in your market, if what you ultimately sell them is SEO or a new website or, you know, Facebook ads or whatever, uh, you know, that's so it's, that's kind of down the road. I mean, we, you want to kind of meet them where they're at. And if they're currently struggling with, you know, getting the right value with their clients, I mean, some of the same struggles that we're, we're dealing with, you can almost speak from that voice. Like I've, I'm like you, I've been in this struggle before. These are some of the things that I did to sell on value. And here's how I've built my digital marketing. I mean, I think in any niche, bringing your own experience to the table is, is an easy win for building authority and in, in, in whether, you know, you've run their type of business or not, I think is irrelevant as long as you frame it accordingly. What Nate, real quick, what were some of the things before you got published? What were some of the common or, or the mindsets or fear that you had around um, getting publisher? I guess the first question, first part of that is, um, did you have any any hesitation on uh, on on getting published? Um, and what how has that changed for you over the last couple of months? Well, uh, the first fear that I had is, what do I say? Who? Do, what do I? How do I ask them to publish me? Um, and I just had no idea what to say. Um, so that was like a, a big fear. Um, I guess what I learned is just ask them, hey, could I could I contribute to your blog? That was kind of the solution. But I I don't know. I didn't. I was I was scared about that. That's like I mean in 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 program people will often ask that question like what would I say to them and I show them emails and show them you know <laughs> templates like here's here's and people are always like yeah but what else I'm like no 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 that's it <laughs> just send this right just send this oh, you, you know it's like yeah you ask them if you can contribute to their blog it's like oh yeah okay so that that <laughs> that mindset shift had to change um and then the other one was I don't know I just thought it was going to take a long time um I didn't realize that, um, I guess I didn't know that I was going to be able to provide so much value in the posts that when, uh, I think I, I got a little bit of a um, snowball effect is when I sh- shared one of my previously published posts, because that's something a lot of um, a lot of blog owners will ask, you know, can I see something else you posted? When I shared something else that was really high quality it made it very, very easy to get the rest of them. So I didn't know that that was going to happen. Like you had, once you got published with one publication in your market, that that kind of created a snowball effect for other people that you were pitching that you could then say, well, look at this article over here. And then they kind of said, oh, you've been, you know, somebody has vetted you. You have been vetted, right? I mean, let's, you know, that made it easier for the next, the next attempts. I think that's part of it, right, is showing that you've been vetted and then also having the content be different than what they had typically seen in their own blog or the competitors' blogs. So having the the strong content that focuses on the the real deep issues at hand. We talked a little bit about your business uh, before all, all of this. And, 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 you know, we're probably... Uh, uh, I'm just thinking in my head of some of the other things I know we that I've worked on with you, but um, 
you know, we're probably skimming over a lot of this, but uh, talk to me about uh, Tech Pro Marketing, formerly Sherpa 53. Tech Pro Marketing today, uh, what are some of the things that you're experiencing now, you know, six months later, seven months later from when this journey began? Talk to me about how your business looks today. Okay. Um, Now, if I look at my calendar, um, on average, I don't know, I'm having three to five meetings with prospects a week. um, And that's all scheduled through my online scheduler. If I look into my marketing automation tool and I look into the prospects, I have people subscribing and joining my email list every single day. Um, activity in my marketing automation tool every single day, which is something I never had. Um, my list every month is, is growing up. So people are opting into my, my opt-in as well. I've had people fill in my contact form and just because they couldn't find how to opt into my email list and just ask me to add them to the email list. Um, I am having publishers contact me and asking me for more articles. And I'm even having trouble keeping up with their demand. I, in the past, had no data to, like, lo- I could look through my Google Analytics and things like that, and there just wouldn't be much. Now, I have, like, enough going on and enough happening with my digital marketing that I'm actually able to take a step back and make strategic decisions about my business. And, you know, in between that, kind of be doing a lot of sales work, and then in the back end, it's like, yeah, this is you're going to help me with this next Brent, but basically, you know, delivering on it is 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 something we're doing and something coming up even more. So your problems, uh, uh, which I just want to uh, demystify this for people, if if you think that solving your lead generation problem or your get more customers or get the right customers problem, if you think that is the last problem that you'll have to solve as an entrepreneur, then uh, you know I, I hate to rain on that parade, but you know what all that means is you're going to have different new problems to solve. There will always be more interesting things to solve. Which, but look, I mean, at the end of the day, that problem is. Um, I don't know if it's more interesting. I mean, I love to get more customers, get more leads problem, but now you have, have to shift your, your thinking a little bit to, okay, that that's no longer urgent. There might be long-term, not urgent import things that you want to work on marketing and sales, but now you're bringing up a more urgent issue, which is how do I create a consistent pipeline of delivery, right? How do I create those systems to deliver the experience? So one of the things you talked about at the first part of this episode was kind of your, you know, how the heck do we build systems for a payment processing company on one end and corporate training uh, in financial uh, in the financial industry on the other? Like those are very very different businesses. What are you experiencing now in terms of your thinking, your line of thought around how um, you're going to service these customers? I mean, I guess let's start with the first thing. You know, are you delivering them a is is there a consistent offer? Like, are they buying more or less the same scope uh, for each of these businesses that you're now bringing on? Um, so yes, and um, we sell a, a paid discovery for Sherpa Fifty Three, and you know, it used to be for Sherpa Fifty Three, and now for Tech Pro Marketing. And in the past, the paid discoveries they really you know take a lot of planning. So in between each call. 
I was really putting in a lot of time. Each solutions presentation that I was preparing and each proposal that I was putting together at the end of a paid discovery, it was really worth the the value. I mean, it was worth the the time for the paid discovery. So like I, I was really putting in hours on those. Now we're still doing paid discovery with tech pro marketing, but the amount of um, preparation that I'm doing between each call and before the um, solutions presentations has just um, drastically reduced um, to really, really kind of take a lot of the, you know, that brain power that I was telling you that was like getting drained out of the first um, part of the, you know, in my old business, the Sherpa 53. And actually I was like getting like nervous. I didn't even, I didn't mention this, but I would be get like nervous and stressed out during discovery. In the end, I think I usually delivered something good, but the stress of having to kind of really dig deep each time and work hard on these discoveries, um, it was wearing me out. Now the discoveries have become a joy and a pleasure in my business and preparing the solutions presentation is just like, oh, it's all right there. Um, And I've also am able to kind of like, because now the now my proposals and my solutions are a lot more similar. I'm actually able to start with uh, the finished product, kind of work backwards, or the other way. I really had to kind of always work forwards. Um, so that has probably been a huge, uh, a huge change. Um, and in the end, you know, the customers are actually getting a better solution. So imagine that. You, you know, I don't know if you, this is, this is totally a left field, but Nate, what you made me think of right now is, uh, do, do you watch comedy at all? Um, a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So, so are you familiar with the concept of, of a special? Like an HBO yeah. special? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and what always, you know, if, if you actually kind of know comedy a little bit, uh, they always do the special at the end of the tour, right? And it's it's uh it, it's like their chance after they have you know it's not the first thing right it's not like the first stop on the tour it's it's after they've delivered you know this set of jokes in a closed room uh, in all you know all shapes of comedy uh, uh, club sizes right small to large right they've delivered this set like anywhere from fifty to one hundred and fifty times right I mean they're 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 doing stages two to three times a week right and then by the time they get to the special. It's it's been you know it's like so interesting to them, but at the same time it's you know it's almost like hitting you know the play button. Like they, it's not like it's any less valuable to the audience. It's not like it's any less valuable to me watching it on HBO. Um, but to the comedian, you know, this is their opus. This is the culmination of delivering this material you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of times, like working out the kinks, work, you know, going through it over and over. And, and one of the things I always hear from people about like, oh, I would never want to, never want to niche because I'd just be doing the same thing over and over again. And, and what I just heard from you is, is one of the most, you know, beautiful statements around this, which is that before it was like, there was so much stress around every one of these presentations because every single one, it was like the first time you were giving it. So when I think about you know, the fear of getting on stage for a comedian. Yeah, those first few times of delivering the joke, I mean, yeah, that's really stressful. But once you know that people are going to laugh and you know, like that's what I think gives people energy, right? Like once you know where the knowledge bombs in your solution presentation are, once you know where those big aha moments are going to be, 
I mean, as the, you know, just like the comedian in their jokes, I mean, that's where the fun is, right? Because it's not stressful anymore, and that's where they get to really master their craft. I mean, I'm sure there is a uh, a bell curve here. At what point is there, uh, you know, diminishing returns on delivering the same joke and hearing the same laugh? I'm sure as a comedian, maybe at some point that kind of gets tired. Um, you know, just like maybe at some point you would delegate your solution presentations to another team member. Like maybe at some point you're not delivering the same thing over and over and over again. Um, but it's like to your clients now, they're getting the same amount of value. Just you're having to put in way less stress and way less, there's way less uncertainty about what the end result is going to be. And I think that creates this amazing opportunity to get way better at your craft, right? That's exactly right. They're, I mean, they're actually getting more value. So like, although I'm, I'm putting in less and less effort each time, it's actually the effort is cumulative now. So mm. they are each time I put in even a little bit of effort, they're getting a little bit more and they're actually getting more value. So um, it's a really weird mindset shift that you really have to go through. And I think that that probably clarified it for me, but it's like you actually if anyone out there is feeling like you need to put in a lot of work into something in order for the um, client to get value out of it, and I know I definitely had that mindset, it's the opposite. And actually, the less work you do, the more value they'll get. <laughs> or, or assuming that there's some kind of cumulative benefit, right? Back to kind of our special, right? I mean, it's it, it would be great if, uh, you know, I'm just thinking of, uh, I'm stuck on this comedian analogy, but, you know, let's say back at, you know, your first month on tour, you had an idea for a joke and it turned out that I, that, that joke kind of sucked, right? You would actually be very, you know, that would have gotten worked out by the time you got to your HBO special. You're not delivering jokes at the HBO special that you haven't already ironed out. Same thing with like, you know, people always ask me like, well, wouldn't a client be, um, you know, uh, not wanting you to work with other people in their niche? And I'm kind of going, I don't know, man, I'd, I'd really like it if somebody said, hey, I worked out all of our kinks of our solution with the last 25, you know, coaching companies that we've worked with. We're going to give you the culmination of all of that, right? And, and, and continue to see that benefit future customers. I mean, I think that's as a savvier entrepreneur, or maybe I think I am, I'm more into that mindset than I am in the, oh my God, you've worked with my competition mindset. I think that's totally true. And that thing that you had said um, a little bit earlier is that some people have this idea that I love working with all these businesses. Uh, it's really exciting and I wouldn't want to work with the same businesses. It's really true. It's like, what comedian would want to go up and have to give a new set each time? If you think about that, that's what you're really doing. It's like you would, shouldn't put yourself through that. You know what I mean? And I guess I'm, I'm glad I'm, I've got that, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I don't feel like I have to put myself through that anymore. Well, we're, I'm, I'm looking forward to your, uh, your HBO special, Nate. Um, so, <laughs> so let's, let's talk like real quick before I, I, I jump to lightning round. Um, what has there, has there been any measured benefit for you through all of this? I mean, I think we've talked about a lot of anecdotal stuff. I think we've talked about a lot of, I mean, some of the things you mentioned about, um, you know, three to five scheduled calls per week. You've got this email list that's growing. People are contacting you. Publishers are reaching out to you. All that stuff is amazing. But like bottom line, I mean, is this stuff actually having an impact on your business? Um, the impact on my business, I have honestly, and realistically i've doubled my um, take-home pay since we started this six months ago 
uh, I got an initial boost right away from just telling my existing clients what I was up to. When I told them that I had niched down and that this is what I was doing, and I was just open and honest. I didn't tell them I'm leaving them as a client. It actually got a lot of clients who were in similar B2B spaces, but not that exact B2B space, to engage me further and actually add additional work in. So that happened right away. And then with just the um, immediacy of how everything has been working, like I would have never thought that I would be able to like be seeing real revenue returns within six months. But um, it happened much sooner. Um, so thank you for pushing me. Well, uh, it's an amazing story. Uh, I like that you've doubled your take-home pay. Some people focused on top-line revenue. I think it's great that you've actually uh, uh, separated that and you're thinking about, well, what, what does Nate got out of this, right? Um, all right. Are you ready for our, uh, our lightning round, Nate? I am, yeah. All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? Um, You know, two things when I was a teenager is um, my dad, he just told me that I could achieve anything that I set my mind to. Um, And that really just initially set me on the path that I could become an entrepreneur. You know, I didn't have to have the, you know, I mean, it's like, I, you know, we barely talk about the, the big picture of this whole thing is that, you know, really I'm living a pretty amazing lifestyle right now. Um, You know, earning enough money to, to support me and my family. I haven't had to, you know, go into a job or an office in years, um, really have a a very nice um, lifestyle set up for myself. So I think that was one thing. And then the other thing was that my wrestling coach told me when you're, you know, don't get worried about the other wrestlers because they're just like you. They're other kids. They have to put their pants on one leg at a time. And what I realized is like, look, there are amazing entrepreneurs out there that are doing awesome stuff that have really done great things with their business. And they're just like me. They put their pants on one leg at a time. Um, And, you know, I can do it too. That's awesome. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? This is one that actually I made a personal um, mindset shift before I ever um, joined you gurus or anything. And I just decided that um, I really wanted to put a value on mentorship um, and trust and seek mentorship um, and avoid skepticism. I think one of the things that held me back in my life um, prior was having an attitude of like, you know, I could do it better. I don't really trust this person. I always, I never like respected my bosses or anything when I was ever in a working situation. Um, And I just made it a a change to say, you know what, I'm just going to find someone I can trust, find something that I want to do and just go all in on it um, without any skepticism. I think that mindset really shows in your work, Nate. So uh, I definitely know you're you're practicing that habit. Can you share an internet resource or an app that you use you think our listeners would find valuable? I use Data Studio, um, Google Data Studio, because what I really want to do with my clients is show value. Um, I really want to try to keep all my messaging based around value. Um, so by Google Data Studio is this new tool um, by Google, and basically it lets you um, – import data sources like Google Analytics, Google Webmaster Tools, AdWords, any other kind of 
marketing you're doing into a single dashboard that you can look back on with your clients, show them how to use so that they can actually be focused on the value that you provide instead of everything that you're doing to get to that value. And what book would you recommend and why? Personally, I don't read um, too many books, especially right now, because um, I'm just want to stay focused on the task at hand, which is U Academy Pro. Um, but when I do read stuff, good um, answer. I, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to get involved in some like other. Um, there's a lot of good books out there, so I don't want any shiny objects. But when I do read stuff, um, definitely want to read your blog posts. Um, so you're on my reading list. Jake Jorgovin is another person. Uh, whenever he writes anything, I always read his stuff. Um, Pia Silva is another person who I just read their blogs. So I think like um, for different reasons, all three of you guys are like, that's my main uh, reading list right there. Cool. And we've had uh, both those folks on our uh, on our show and we'll link out to those past episodes as well as um, both of their uh, blogs uh, as well in the show notes. So guys, check that out. Go to youcareers.com, click on the podcast, uh, click on Nate Friedman's episode and you'll find those resources uh, as well as podcast uh, show summary, some some takeaways and quotes uh, that we put together for each and every episode. So take a look at that stuff as well. Uh, Nate, how can our audience find out more about you? Um definitely go to our website, techpromarketing.com. Um, you will, if you try to leave, you'll get an exit intent pop-up. That's your chance to um, sign up to our email list. You get my thought leader articles on the IT and MSP space. Don't worry. Um, I think they're pretty good and applicable to any um, kind of B2B business or any, any business similar to an MSP, which is actually pretty similar to a digital agency. That's kind of a secret there. Um, but you'll get some good content if you want to subscribe to that list. Sure. Both service businesses. And obviously, uh, what we talked about today, people might just want to look at your business, look at some of the things that you're doing. And uh, Nate, I think you've accomplished a lot of stuff in the last uh, few months. And I think you have a fantastic mindset. You've done a lot of hard work. And uh, I'm really proud of some of the changes that you've made. Uh, and I'm glad that those have had an impact on your business and in your life. Thanks for joining us today on our program, Nate. Thank you, Brent. All right. That is our show for this week on the Digital Agency Show. Tune in uh, each and every week for more great content coming at you about how to grow your digital agency. Until then, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. 
Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show.